The following is Nature of Business with Chrissy Coughlin in association with GreenBiz.com. I'm alone and I'm driving. Welcome back to Nature of Business. I'm your host, Chrissy Coughlin, and we are very much looking forward to part two of the show today. We have with us Jeffrey Hollander. Jeff is the founder of Jeffrey Hollander Partners, a business strategy consulting firm, and the co-founder and former CEO of Seventh Generation, which he built into a leading brand known for its authenticity, transparency, and progressive business practices. For more than 25 years, Jeff has helped millions of Americans make green and ethical product choices, beginning with his best-selling book, How to Make the World a Better Place, A Beginner's Guide. He went on to author five additional books, including The Responsibility Revolution and Planet Home. He is the board chair of Greenpeace USA and a board member of Verite, as well as the co-founder and board chair of the American Sustainable Business Council. Welcome, Jeff. How are you doing this fine post-election day? Uh, you know, I'm doing great. Uh, feeling a lot better today than I was yesterday. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think people are just ready for it all to be over. <laughs> so well, you know, I, I'm certainly ready for it to be over, but I'm not sure I'm ready for it to be over. I would not be have I would not have been particularly ready for it to be over if it had a different outcome. Right. So, right. Uh, right. No, I completely understand, and I uh, I think that. Um, that, that it just it, I, I I was glued to the TV yesterday. I couldn't stop all day long, even though there were no no real results. And then last night, I w- it was definitely a nail biter at one point. But it became clear that that, that Obama was going to stay in 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 his position. But um, I'm just happy to not be inundated with all of the ads on TV, to be quite honest. But so it goes. Next four years, we'll, hopefully, we'll be seeing a lot of uh, a lot of good forward momentum. Um, and I know you've got many opinions about that, so we can talk about I it. Do. <laughs> we could probably spend the whole the whole interview talking about it, but well, we will. It'll, it'll intertwine in, in my questions here. Um, let's let's start off with seventh generation. Um, it's the country's largest distributor of non toxic, all natural cleaning paper and personal care products. And this is uh, a, was a part you know time in your life which you started the company in the eighties. What, what what were some of the core reasons that you feel the company was able to uh, has been able to maintain its success? Well, the success was a long time in coming. Um, Back in 1988, uh, the language of green products didn't even exist, and there were not a lot of people outside of environmental organizations who were even thinking about using products and supply chains as a way of mitigating some of the environmental challenges we're facing. So mm-hmm. um, we were in the market uh, very, very, very early, um, which has its its benefits and its liabilities. I mean, it, it was certainly beneficial from an authenticity perspective to have uh, been the first at doing many of the things that we, we did. Um, and certainly, I think, people respected uh, the long-term commitment we had to uh, the issues that, that the company addressed. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's, it's, it was quite expensive because there was a very, very, very small market back in, in the late 80s and, and, and even through the 90s. I mean, the, the companies, uh, you know, the, the, the 95% of the company's growth occurred after 2000. Um, so, so the first twelve years were were quite quite challenging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, 
Let's move on to, we can talk, seventh generation was definitely a certain, you know, a stayed in your life and you've now moved on to, to run your own consultancy and you are uh, consulting and speaking on corporate responsibility, sustainability, leadership, management, corporate culture, small business, social entrepreneurship, business strategy, green marketing, you name it. So you're very busy. Tell, tell us more about this and how this work that you're doing now builds on all the work you've done so far in the world of, of business and sustainability. Sure. You know, a couple of years ago when, when I left 7th Generation, um, I, I had the chance to reflect on uh, almost 25 years of, of being somewhat of a pioneer in the world of green products and corporate responsibility. And a couple of things really stood out for me that shaped uh, what I'm doing now and what, what I expect I'll probably do with the rest of my life. Uh, one of them uh, is that while it is wonderful for green responsible businesses to be an exception to the rules, uh, which they are for the most part today, um, we need to deal with changing the rules. Um, the problems that we face, whether they're climate change or, or social inequity, uh, are not going to be solved by a handful of businesses trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, they're really going to be solved by changing the rules of the game that has encouraged business uh, to behave in a fashion, uh, even if unintentionally, uh, that creates the kind of environmental challenges we face and the kind of social challenges we face. And that led me uh, to team up with David Levine and and found uh, the the Amer- American Sustainable Business Council, which is a uh, public policy organization focusing on progressive public policy like uh, mitigating climate change, like raising the minimum wage, like changing the tax structure that that levels the playing field between large companies that are able to avoid paying uh, taxes and small companies that aren't able to. And and so one outcome of, of my reflections was was progressive business, responsible business has to be at the table when it comes to public policy mm-hmm. because those rules, whether they are subsidies, uh, whether it's the tax code, shape <clears throat> the playing field and, 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 and help ensure the outcome of, of the way our country functions. So, uh, you know, that was one big realization um, that, uh, that there were great limits to, to what any individual business can achieve. Um, secondly, um, you know, I, I also realize that, that, that as wonderful as Seventh Generation is and as wonderful as its products are, uh, Seventh Generation was designed in a paradigm that basically was about being less bad. So um, the products that Seventh Generation sells do less damage than other products, but they certainly aren't going to fix the challenges that we face in the world. And it led me uh, to a more systems-based focus 
that brought me to to a, a much deeper commitment uh, to resilience and regeneration uh, rather than uh, sustainability, uh, which is a word that, that is, is much abused, but in many respects, sustainability had become, at best, sustaining what we have. At worst, in practice, for most businesses, uh, slowing the rate at which um, things got bad by, by, by being less bad, rather than what we need is good. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it is really hard for people to even think about a business that in its very nature is regenerative and is repairing as a whole rather than reducing the rate at which it does damage. Um, So those were were two of the most important reflections that shape what I talk about, what I work on, um, and I don't know, I've given you a way too long answer to your question, but but I can give you, if you like, some more specifics about what that has led me into. That, I, would, I, would lo- I would love to hear that, because you're really, you're really talking about a, a, a systemic change, and, and, and you're, get, you're talking about getting businesses you know, involved in, in public policy and getting them to the table. So it would be, it would be terrific for our listeners to hear, you know, to drill it down a little more. Sure. So... I today spend about a third of my time on an initiative in the Bronx called the Bronx Community Development Initiative, and it is a systems-based effort uh, to uh, deal holistically with both the the inequity and social challenges uh, that the Bronx faces. to get them to say, we want to use our purchasing 
to create wealth, well-being, jobs, and ownership in our own community, um, we have an incredible driver of possibility and change. And our goal is to is to bring new businesses into being that. uh, are uh, far less risky and have a much higher chance of success because they can count on the purchasing from these anchor institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a uh, it is one of those projects that I could easily spend the rest of my life on. Um, but it is an example of you know in many ways some of the things that we didn't deal with at seventh generation. Um, we 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 really didn't deal with. Much of the population that most needed the types of products that we were selling because of where they were sold and how they were priced. And so this is a more holistic approach that actually takes issues of sustainability uh, to the whole community and particularly the lower income parts of the community. And I'm just curious, with whom are you partnering on this project? So so there's, I have... uh, Part of my consulting business is a 501c3, so so I have a non-profit consulting arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're partnering with uh, the Urban Planning Division of MIT, and together we're working with seven community groups okay. in the Bronx, from the Point to Mothers on the Move to the Green Worker Cooperative, um, and so with that core, which is really driven by an understanding of what those grassroots organizations see the need for in their own community, we went to these 13 anchor institutions and presented them with this concept, uh, and in every case they said, we love it, we want to be part of it. And this is, this is for people who are familiar, uh, bears a lot of resemblance to a project in Cleveland called the Evergreen Project, um, which started to pioneer the use of anchor institutions, uh, you know, three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow, it sounds it sounds terrific. So let's let's move on to the the, the something that caught my eye on on your website. Um, you you stated that your goal in life, at least at this point, um, is to fun- fundamentally change the negative trajectory that the world is on. I would love for you to talk a little bit about this, given that we just had an election. Sure. Yeah, and, and, you know, one of the things, and and I would say the high point of every week uh, is is a class I teach at New York University around economics and sustainability. And um, the class is, in many respects, dedicated to thinking about how to change that negative trajectory by trying to reconcile economics and sustainability. Um, Some of it begins with uh, an understanding of systems uh, and the unintended consequences that the things we do often have, Um, and trying to create really an awareness of the difference between good and less bad. Mm -hmm. Um, In many cases, uh, as I said earlier, we just slow the rate of that negative trajectory uh, 
because we're not even thinking about what would it look like to create something that was good and 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 rather than than less bad. Um, so it it starts uh, in many respects with a framework that's one that's very different than than most of us work with and have been taught, and uh, it in many respects was inspired by a very close friend of mine who passed away uh, last month, Gregor Barnum, who at seventh generation had the very unique title of director of corporate consciousness, not corporate responsibility, but corporate consciousness. So it starts with uh, a very different frame of reference. And then uh, the challenge is to sort of find, as Otto Scharmer, who is at MIT, says, the acupuncture points in the system that will bring about the greatest change. Mm-hmm. Um, and those acupuncture points are, are, are hard to find, and it's hard to figure out where to press that will bring about the greatest change in the entire system. Um, some of the things that, that I believe is, first, we absolutely need models, because most of us can't think about this abstractly. So one of the reasons I'm focused in the Bronx is to try to create a model of what this might look like so people can visualize it and use it and emulate it. Um, public policy is, is critical. Um, we have the problems we have because we've designed a system to produce those problems. So, you know, I I would say if if I could change one thing from a policy perspective, it would be to introduce full-cost accounting because we have an accounting system that doesn't charge for the negative externalities that business or us as individuals create, and that leads us to make bad decisions. Uh, It leads us to think that, that, you know, even, you know, on a personal level, uh, if we take a long shower, uh, yes, we pay for the energy we use to heat that water, but we don't personally pay uh, for the CO2 emissions to, to that, that are generated uh, by taking that hot shower. And, of course, that's true of businesses. Uh, businesses, uh, because they don't pay for those externalities, they're, in fact, incentivized to design their businesses to take the greatest advantage of those negative externalities that they don't have to pay for. Um, so this is a, a long question, um, but, but you know, I guess the metaphor I think about is that much of, if not most of, green, sustainable, responsible business is about applying the brakes to a car that's headed towards a wall. And (laughs) at best, we might slow our speed down from 65 to 60 miles an hour. So we're buying ourselves a little bit more time, but we are not turning that car around. And what we've got to do is turn the car around and get headed in another direction, not put off the crash a few more seconds. Right, right. It's, it's you know, it's, it's really difficult work. And here we are in, you know, the end of 2012. And, and you know, you talk about in your work how, how we're still not moving the needle and the public is still not really really getting it and and 
part of that is 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 based on the fact that there's really very there's very little sense of urgency and 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 obviously public policy is a big part of this but we have to as you as you mentioned we have to reframe these challenges and move beyond the stagnation but how do we actually get to that tipping point how, it just it seems like you know i'm i'm 11 years out of grad school where i studied this stuff and i'm still feeling like this needle is you know moving just micro move movement and yeah it is and that's the problem. And we spend a tremendous amount of time clapping, appreciating, uh, giving out awards to companies that are making very, very small changes in the right direction. Uh, we need to raise the bar on what we celebrate because we're celebrating things that, again, just buy us a few more seconds of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and quite honestly, you know, we have a pretty stark choice. Uh, either uh, collectively uh, we, we, we open our eyes wide enough to, you know, look at in a storm like Sandy and say, oh, you know, either we can say, gee, that was bad, uh, let's hope it doesn't happen again, or we can see it for what it is, which is uh, one event that we know will happen more and more and more frequently. Um, uh, Because things like climate change are hard to see. You know, if a car's coming towards you in the street, you jump out of the way. We can't and don't see climate change in that same fashion. Mm-hmm. We are able to jump out of the way if we if we if we can actually see the car coming, but in some ways uh, that car rushing towards us <clears throat> in the form of whether it's social inequity which is 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 worse in the United States than than many many parts of the world um, or things like climate change, um, they sort of exist in the background. Um, so if we, don't, uh, if we don't develop a framework in the consciousness to see what is in front of us, we will basically have to bear, uh, you know, more and more storms, more and more flooding, more and more people dying mm-hmm. and and you know th- that's the choice we have to make how bad do we want to let things be before we respond and and in, in many ways we have a, a, a challenging history because if you think about things like chemical regulation um, we don't have a precautionary principle that says let's not use these chemicals until we know they're safe we basically have a policy uh, and, a, and, a, and a history for 30, 40 years that says, you know, a lot of people have to die from some bad thing before we actually bring about change. Right, right. So we have to actually change that paradigm. <clears throat> and it's hard. I mean, I, mean I, I must say, I'm not convinced uh, that we won't bear uh, a lot more adverse health effects, adverse environmental effects, adverse effects in terms of social inequity. Uh, I know that when it gets bad enough, we'll adapt. Uh, The responsibility I think that we have is to act ahead of that burden because it will fall on the people that are least likely and least able to to handle it. Right, exactly, exactly. So, 
let's let's move on. We have we. I, I want to make sure we get, get. This is a terrifically rich discussion. I just want to make sure we we get through everything. Um, w- with the election, I want to talk a little bit about small business um, and their role in all of this. Um, we just had an election, obviously yesterday, which we discussed, and the world knows. And what 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 do you think the the need the needs are um, going to be? That we what do you think needs to happen? in the next four years, um, you know, now under Obama, in, to increase the small business growth, the entrepreneurship, the social innovation, the and sustainability, moving it, redefining it, whatever have you, in general at the corporate level, is this feasible to, to really elevate um, the role of small business and in, in, in being, being a leader in, in really what you were just talking about? Yeah. Well, I mean... We have to not repeat the mistakes that we made over the last four years. You know, I think we had a a uh, such excitement at the uh, Obama's election four years ago, and assumed that we had this uh, great friend who was going to make wonderful things happen. Uh, you know, the man as the president. No fewer people pounding on his door, and many more from very big businesses. Uh, and we can't sit back and hope he does the right thing. Mm-hmm. We have to seize the opportunity to press the administration, as well as all of our elected, elected officials, with very specific policy objectives that uh, will help stimulate the growth of small business. So we have to fight for uh, the growth of the Small Business Administration and changes to the rules and the way they work so that there is much greater capital availability. Uh, We should push uh, for incentives in Small Business Administration lending to favor responsible and small businesses. you know, maybe you get a lower rate if you're a B corporation than if you're not. But nothing will happen if we sit back and hope it will. It will only respond, and the administration will only respond to aggressive uh, pressure uh, from the business community. And again, that's where the American Sustainable Business Council comes in. Today, they represent 150,000 companies and uh, terrific organizations like Bali uh, and SVN. And we need to invest in those organizations to fight on our behalf for the policy initiatives that will help small business succeed. And and those are not just uh, ap- access to capital, but they're changes in the tax laws uh, so that we don't have our biggest and most profitable companies, uh, in many cases, paying virtually no corporate tax. Uh, that creates an unfair playing field for small businesses versus large businesses. Right. So, you know... It's an it's an opportunity, but only an opportunity, and and I don't assume that much will happen if we don't have a game plan, if we don't work aggressively for policy uh, to have uh, that positive effect and create those opportunities for small business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So you mentioned you mentioned the Social Venture Network, and and I have to I have to give you a little plug here because you're you're about to receive an award um, from them as an environmental evangelist, which I love. Um, it's an award that you're receiving, I think, with four others, um, and it recognizes outstanding leaders who have transformed the way the world does business. Um, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about this? You know, uh, I guess it's one of the benefits of having done this for a long time. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, SVN's 25th anniversary, mm-hmm. and uh, to celebrate that anniversary uh, next week, uh, they they picked some people who have been uh, waging this battle for a very long time. So, uh, um, and I, I think you know, uh, in some way, ways. Uh, <clears throat> Many of the things that I am the most proud of of having accomplished uh, are not what, in many respects, I'm most well known for. So it's not the seventh generation products as much as it is creating a culture uh, at a company uh, that that uh, was authentic. authentic authentic mm-hmm. in a way that resonated with with our consumers uh, and I and I think that, that, that the the fact that that I can on the one hand uh, be the co-chair of Greenpeace USA while I interact dialogue and advise medium small and large size companies uh, you know also uh, is a is is something I'm proud of because it is really about trying to to reconcile what seem like uh, often irreconcilable differences mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we can't solve the challenges we face and we know this politically you know we've had this terrible gridlock between the Republicans and Democrats right. and that accomplishes first virtually nothing <clears throat> we need to be able to find the ways to move forward even with people who have extremely different perspectives what is it that unites us rather than divides us and it, it's really a huge challenge that we we face in this country uh, we are so focused on our differences um, and we are not able to come together mm-hmm. on the things that we commonly share and commonly believe in. Um, and uh, I'm hoping uh, uh, that, uh, you know, our, 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 our president is able to show uh, a leadership style uh, that balances, you know, you, you can't always be a nice guy and hope that other people will come around. I mean, sometimes you've got you to right. be tough. Um, but, but this country will continue to, to, to head in the wrong direction unless we can come together and deal with some of the most important challenges we face, whether it's you know, fixing a broken education system uh, where we are just not able to educate people as well as uh, virtually every other industrialized nation in the United States. I mean, we are at the bottom of the list when it comes to uh, the quality and effectiveness of our education system. And we're also increasingly in the bottom of the list in terms of social inequity. Mm-hmm. You know, we have 
one out of every six people today living off of food stamps. We've got 25 million children who are homeless. Uh, That's a disgrace in a country as great as America. It it shows us that we have very, very deep problems. Um, And, uh, you know, when I'm not uh, talking or when I'm not teaching or doing everything else, I mean, I am, am trying to find the pathways uh, to create breakthroughs in that logjam that will allow us to move forward and deal with with these very, very tough problems. Wow. Well, I think we'll end on that note. That was terrific. You are um, you are a true inspiration, Jeff, and and it's it's um, you know it's it's an honor to have you on the show, and I, I just continue this amazing work you do because it is so so fundamentally important um, to the way that you know the trajectory of this country. So thank you for taking the time, and I hope you nope. have a wonderful a wonderful Wednesday. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to to be able to share my thoughts uh, with you and your listeners. The proceeding has been Nature of Business with Chrissy Coughlin in association with GreenBiz.com.